Hey, everybody. Welcome to the New Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Nutini. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast. And don't forget to check out thenewdeal.com where you can find my blog, YouTube videos, and these podcast episodes. Uh, You can also see my stories that I've written over on Medium. And if you want to watch the New Deal live, please follow on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, wherever I can go live, I will be there. Today, we're going to cover critical race theory. Uh, Critical race theory has become very popular among conservatives these days, which is interesting. You wouldn't think they'd be into critical race theory, right? Because before a few weeks ago, no one really knew what critical race theory was outside of academic scholars and academic scholars. So I've noticed in the news that critical race theory has come up. Uh, Mainly, uh, they don't want to teach critical race theory in K-12 education. Uh, People are uh, saying that, you know, it promotes uh, it promotes racism and it promotes uh, hatred and things like that. So I looked into it and uh, like l- like most times I see conservatives trying to engage uh, in a conversation about race in this way, uh, they were incredibly off base. And at this point, I get upset when that happens because I don't like it when information gets misconstrued and then popularized, and then our mainstream discourse is essentially based off of lies. And I think that's kind of where we are. Um, But I want to demonstrate how we get there, and and what critical race theory is, and how we can work with it in the future. And any conservatives or moderates listening, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to steer you away, uh, but I do want to be able to set the record straight. And I hope that by laying out facts and by laying out the kind of framework that I, I have found and, and backing that up with kind of historical data and real world data and experience that I can make some sense of this. Because no matter what, whether you subscribe to crit- critical race theory already or you have you know specific thoughts on racism or things like white privilege, no matter what, these are complex issues. No matter what. None of this is easy. And that's why there's such a large national conversation. That's why it, it covers so many different aspects of our society and our culture. So none of this is easy. So if you're a moderate, conservative, Republican, stick around. And if you hate it, let me know. Let me know. Let's have a conversation about it. We want open discourse. Uh, it's part of politics, and we need to be more constructive uh, in that way. So the basis of this podcast, uh, this this episode and the next, uh, is actually going to be based off an article I wrote uh, titled Getting Real on Critical Race Theory. Because after I saw the uh, critical race theory in the news and and coming up in, in regard to education, uh, I, I got upset enough to where I did a bunch of research and I just started writing. And what was going to be like a one or two page article turned into a 15 page story. I surprised myself. Uh, but in doing so, I kind of covered everything. Um, so I, I want to use those articles. Uh, it's a two-part article uh, as the basis for this podcast and in the next episode. So just like the article, I'll break the podcast up into two. So if you are interested in that article, please go check it out over at thenewdeal.com or over on medium.com uh, slash the new deal. You can read it over there. This is not going to be a regurgitation of the article. There will be more information here on the podcast as well as some uh, audio clips of, uh, you know, the central characters in this story. So uh, reading the article will give you the background, see where I'm coming from, but also listen to the podcast for things I've learned. 
Anyway, here is the conservative take on critical race theory. Critical race theory is racism, pure and simple. And it should be rejected by every American of every race. And let me tell you right now, critical race theory is bigoted, it is a lie, and it is every bit as racist as the Klansmen in white sheets. So there we have former Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, he's the first speaker. And of course, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas giving his sermon-like uh, delivery about how critical race theory is as racist as the Klan. It sounds pretty evil, right? This must be an incredibly evil theory if it's as racist as the Klan who tortured and murdered hundreds and thousands of black people in this country. This must be a really evil theory, right? Remember this position. Remember their position. Uh, because what I want to do is I want to give the definition of critical race theory and dig a little deeper and, and, and portray what critical race theory actually is. And I also have a clip of the co-founder of the theory, critical race theory, uh, and she'll also explain in her own words uh, what critical race theory is. But when you're listening to those definitions, please keep Mike Pence and Ted Cruz in mind because it's important and drawing this contrast is important. So let's jump into uh, critical race theory. What is critical race theory? Critical race theory is an academic concept, academic concept that is more than 40 years old. The core idea is that racism is a social construct and that it is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something embedded in legal systems and policies. Let me recap. It is not merely the product, racism, is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something embedded in legal systems and policies academic theory. Does that sound racist to you? Well, we'll see. Does it sound evil to you? Does it seem on par with the Klan? With more information, maybe you can make that judgment. So we'll dig a little deeper. So the tenets of critical racism are basically this. Number one, concepts of race are not biologically real, but socially constructed. What this means is that people create the concept of race and they do it to create class or to create distinction or or, or differentiate status, but CRT argues that race is socially constructed. Number two, racism is a normal feature of American society and is embedded within systems and institutions like the legal system. And I would go on to say, and education, and uh, secondary education, and housing, and the criminal justice system. Basically, this one is just saying that if you were to take a look at the laws, policies, guidelines, and framework, Historically, uh, because because this is cumulative. These concepts are cumulative. It's not like, oh, what do the laws say today? It's what do the laws say today and how are those laws working in reference to our country's history of laws and what have those laws done to set us up for where we are today? It, it's cumulative. We need to look at the entire scope. Number three, racism is codified in law embedded in structures, and woven into public policy. CRT rejects claims of meritocracy and recognizes that it is the systemic nature of racism that bears primary responsibility for reproducing racial inequity. There are some big points in this third bullet. The first is that 
It says CRT rejects claims of meritocracy. This does not mean that CRT does not believe that meritocracy should exist within our system. It's saying that meritocracy is not currently actually the determining factor in whether or not you can achieve status in this system. Meritocracy is being undermined by racist frameworks. So it rejects that meritocracy is actually what's going on in America. The second important point, though, is that it says the systemic nature of racism bears primary responsibility for reproducing racial inequity. Later on, I'm going to talk about how critical race theory is right in line with systemic racism. And and part of the systemic racism conversation is the concept of white privilege and and what that is. And one of the one of the big criticisms of white privilege is that it makes uh, it, it it calls people white people racist or makes white people feel guilty about their race. And so I need to emphasize here again that CRT recognizes that it is the systemic nature of racism that bears primary responsibility for reproducing racial inequity. In other words, this theory is not blaming the individual white individuals for today's racism. It is putting the accountability on our systems. Very important to understand. Fourth and final bullet, uh, critical race theory recognized the relevance of people's everyday lives and their lived experience as proof of this embedded racism and rejects deficit-informed research that excludes the experiences of people of color. What this is saying is that we need to listen to black Americans. We need to listen to their stories. We need to include them in the national dialogue on how to move forward on these issues because these are issues that uniquely affect them. So it doesn't make sense to not include them in the conversation or to discount their, their, their stories and their experiences because those experiences are real and we need to take them into account. CRT essentially just argues that black Americans deserve a voice at the table and we need to take their stories and experiences seriously. There is critical race theory. There are the four tenets. Once again, does it sound as evil as the Klan? Because that's important to keep in mind. And I also want to say, Mike Pence and Ted Cruz are not on the extreme in the way that they are portraying critical race theory. That is the position of the Republican Party. That is the position. That that is not a fringe way that conservatives uh, express their feelings on critical race theory. That is the position of the party. So moving on. Why are you hearing about critical race theory? Why am I doing a podcast on critical race theory? Let me tell you why. A Tucker Carlson story. Where else would critical race theory enter into the public discourse but on Tucker Carlson in such a way that conservatives are enraged over it? And enraged about it in schools because they get really concerned about what's taught in schools even though it's never as big a deal as they say. But but that's that's beside the point, right? In late 2019, a little-known journalist appeared on Tucker Carlson claiming to have done six months of research into critical race theory. So obviously he's an expert because he did six months of research on critical race theory. I want to play the full opening of that segment. So this is Christopher Rufo on Tucker Carlson in, I believe, September of 2019. Here we go. 
Yeah, thanks so much. You know, Tucker, this is something I've been investigating for the last six months, and it's absolutely astonishing how critical race theory has pervaded every institution in the federal government. And what I've discovered is that critical race theory has become, in essence, the default ideology of the federal bureaucracy and is now being weaponized against the American people. I'd like to share three investigations that I've unleashed uh, that show the kind of depth of this critical race theory, occult indoctrination, uh, and the danger and destruction it can wreak. This clip is a six minute and 17 second clip, the clip that that audio is from. Christopher Rufo spoke uninterrupted for three minutes and 20 seconds after his intro, or after Tucker Carlson's intro, sorry, with no questions, no challenges, no fact checks from Carlson. Three minutes and 20 seconds. Rufo somewhat masterfully employed provocative and incendiary vocabulary throughout this piece, the six minutes. Uh, Pay attention to his wording in the next clip. But conservatives need to wake up that this is an existential threat to the United States and the bureaucracy, even under the Trump administration, is now being weaponized against core traditional American values. Existential threat, weaponized, traditional American values. I track similar wording throughout this clip, the entire clip, the six minutes, and I feel it's worth noting. So, so here are the words and some of the frequency. Uh, pervaded. Bureaucracy. Use that three times. Weaponized. Two times. Unleashed. Cult. Indoctrination. Danger. Destruction. Twice. White supremacy. White superiority. Twice. White privilege. Baggage. Infiltrated. Twice. Hard or radical left. Existential threat. Pyramid of evil. Divisive. Marxist. Twice. Corrosive, twice. Scary, terrifying, worried. Red alert moment. And finally, purge. All the while, Tucker Carlson asked only two questions this entire segment. Two. He, he, he gave the intro. He gave the intro to the clip. Uh, 20, 30 seconds. Rufo talks for over three minutes. Carlson butts in for like 20, asks a question. Uh, he asks another question later on briefly, and then he sums things up. Again, no fact check, no challenge, nothing. Takes this guy who, remember, has done six months of research on the subject, and that's it, at his word, at face value. And that's a problem when someone is using this kind of rhetoric to describe something like critical race theory, which we defined, and you'll see that it gets blown out of proportion quite a bit. But right now, I want to play you one of the questions that Tucker Carlson asked just to demonstrate how these questions are being asked, and the free pass that Rufo is receiving here. The consequences of what you described are, are profound. I think we're seeing some of them now on our streets. But I want to get to the second example because it, it may be the most troubling of all, the Department of Justice. So the underlying idea behind our entire justice system is that all of us are treated equally under the laws of the United States. Your race, your gender, who you sleep with are irrelevant in the eyes of the law. How could the FBI, which is armed and empowered to uphold those laws, be disseminating lies like this, which are exactly contrary to their mission? I mean, how corrosive is that? How scary is that? So Carlson is asking Rufo, how can the DOJ be giving uh, you know, diversity training that includes the critical race theory, uh, which it doesn't, by the way. It's 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 systemic racism. It's not critical race theory. 
But he's saying that, oh, the FBI, they, they need to treat everyone equally in the eyes of the law. And this statement, this question is so ignorant because in order to be able to ask this question, for this question to be possible, you need to believe wholeheartedly that the law enforcement and the criminal justice system in this country is already not racist. Why would the FBI be giving diversity training and including things like systemic racism in that training? Because we've had myriad examples in this country of law enforcement murdering black people, arresting black people for reasons they shouldn't be, uh, escalating situations that shouldn't be escalated. Like, how? what is this question? You, you include this, the FBI disseminates this information because their people need to be trained in this area, plain and simple. This is nothing to, this is not making, you know, them, them prioritizing black people or, or disadvantaging white people. They're taking training to learn about how the laws, which they enforce, might have an effect on the way that black people are able to live, black Americans and people of color are able to live their lives in this country and as law enforcement agents, how they will act in the field. If you are someone who watches Tucker Carlson regularly and you you hear a question like that, I really hope your alarms are going off because it doesn't make any sense. It's not an informed question. It's not an educated question. It's literally there. The only reason this question is there is to add fuel to the fire for what Rufo is spewing. That's it. It's almost predetermined. It's a little bit crazy, right? There's hypocrisy in this clip. They are simultaneously saying that, oh, we shouldn't be including diversity training while simultaneously ignoring the fact that issues of race have been extremely problematic within law enforcement. But they can, they can just ignore that. That's fine. They ignore that completely. Don't even mention that. But diversity training, oh, it's evil. It's the devil. It's as racist as the Klan. Diversity training. Oh, it's, it's crazy. And that question that he asks leads to Rufo's wonderful conclusion, which I'm, of course, going to play for you. So here we go. Uh, but what I can say is this, is that they are essentially starting in 2011 with an Obama executive order uh, mandating diversity and inclusion initiatives throughout the federal government. Uh, they've created these offices of diversity and inclusion who ostensibly are supporting uh, greater diversity, but in practice, according to sources throughout the federal government, uh, serve as almost internal intelligence services uh, to perpetuate this ideology and to root out conservative ideas and ultimately purge conservative employees. Purge conservative employees. That's the conclusion Rufo drew in this segment. That diversity training, the point of diversity training, the reason it exists is to purge conservatives from government. Think about that. How, let's let's break this down to to its basis. Okay, diversity training. Diversity training teaches us to respect other people, other races, other cultures. To put an effort to learn about them, to understand that something that may not uh, be you know offensive to us may be to them because they have a different experience, and you know how how different ideas and different perspectives uh, can come together to form something great. Diversity training, right? We've all been through diversity training. That's what it is. There we go. So how do we arrive at diversity training purging conservative 
Americans from government. This attitude is the same self-victimization that we've seen from the right in the Trump era, that, that somehow the concept of diversity automatically targets conservatives, um, which in order for that theory to even work, conservatives must feel threatened by the concept of diversity or somehow feel complicit in obstructing diversity. Why would diversity training be a mechanism in which to purge conservatives? Why would conservatives think that? if they weren't being threatened by the concept of diversity. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's an unconnected point that makes no sense whatsoever. If you're going to put together a scheme, if you're going to stir up anxiety in, in, in America and you know want to rile up Tucker Carlson's base, try a little hard. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to because it works, right? This works. This is enough. There are definitely people out there who think that the purpose of diversity training is now to root conservatives out of government, even though it makes no sense because in order for that to be the case, conservatives would have to be threatened by diversity training or be regular offenders of the lessons taught in diversity training, which essentially breaks down to being a jackass or being an asshole or being rude to your coworkers or being racist or whatever it may be, uh, you know, sexually harassing people like so you're, you're, you're either, you either don't believe in diversity and that's why it's threatening or you're literally perpetrating, you know, these issues that diversity training teaches us to not do. There's no other way you can be threatened by it. It doesn't make sense, right? So there's harm in this information, but, but, the, but, but this is the conservative playbook. Um, you know, let's, let's rec- recap real quick, right? CRT is an academic theory. It's an academic theory. It's a legal academic theory. Did anything from that clip make you feel like this was a legal academic theory? Did he review the tenets of, of, of critical race theory? Did he give the uh, textbook definition? No, he didn't address it at all. He didn't talk about cri- critical race theory at all. He just used the term critical race theory. And here's how it works. Critical race theory is an academic theory. It's a niche uh it exists in a niche field. This is a legal theory that would be taught in law schools specifically. And even then, not all law schools. On top of that, to understand critical race theory, you need a strong pre-existing knowledge of the history of racism, uh, the culture of racism, and then a strong understanding of the government laws and policies uh, that CRT argues perpetuate or reinforce racism. If you don't have that foundation already, you're not going to be able to understand the argument that critical race theory is making. So when a guy, unknown, goes on Fox News with Tucker Carlson and starts saying a whole bunch of stuff about critical race theory to an audience that largely, because most Americans do not, have a strong understanding of not only racist institutions and cultures and and the history of that, but also a strong understanding of the government laws and policies that, that CRT is, you know, analyzing, He's giving that to an audience who doesn't have the foundation to understand what critical race theory is, and then he doesn't even talk about critical race theory. If you're a person who's never consciously observed a government system that disadvantages a minority group, uh, somehow you've remained uh, blissfully ignorant to that, um, or you've never considered that reality, um, or you've never been open to believing the firsthand account of the horrors that many minorities in this country face, then an idea like critical race theory at face value is going to seem extreme. Take that extreme baseline. And add terms like neo-Marxist, existential threat, indoctrination to the mix, and you've got a scared constituency 
who believes the state of their existence in America is in jeopardy. And in 6 minutes and 17 seconds, that's what Christopher Rufo was able to do. The sad part is, is that he's not even trying to hide the fact that that's what he's doing. In a tweet on March 15th, full quote here, Christopher Rufo, his account, you can go see it. Quote, we have successfully frozen their brand, quote, critical race theory, end quote, into the public conversation and are steadily driving up negative perceptions. We will eventually turn it toxic as we put all of the various cultural insanities under that brand category. What does that mean? It means that they're just using the term critical race theory. They are redefining critical race theory with toxic concepts such as reverse racism and, and you know, oh, 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 teaching systemic racism makes children, you know, hate each other. Taking concepts like that, putting it under the brand of critical race theory, and they're going to put all the things that they consider cultural insanity under that brand category so that when they're out on the campaign trail, they can say, they can have a blurb about critical race theory, and all that that is going to convey to the audience is all things for racial justice, and their base is going to eat it up. That is what this did in six minutes and 17 seconds. We need to be aware of this type of manipulation. And if you're not willing to put in the research to go figure out what these things are, it's really hard to identify the manipulation. And the problem is, like I pointed out earlier, when we're talking about complex issues that require foundational knowledge to begin to understand in the first place, you're basically guaranteeing, and this is the genius, the, you know, the, the ingenious, you know, tactic of the Republican Party is that they know that their constituents are going to take them at face value without having to put in the effort to do the real research required to understand what these things mean. This is not exclusive to race, issues of race. This is their calling card. This is what they do. This is how they operate as a political party. What Christopher Rufo did on Fox News last September is what the Republican Party does to their constituents every single day. So I want you to keep in mind everything that we just went over. I want to move beyond Tucker Carlson, and I want to move on to a co-founder of Critical Race Theory. Uh, her name is Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, she was interviewed by Joy Reid last week, and I've got some clips from that. Um, but what I want to start with is I, uh, Crenshaw is going to define, in her words, as the creator of the theory, um, she's going to define critical race theory. And I want you to remember what we talked about at the beginning, the tenets of critical race theory. And then I want you to think about, as she's speaking, does any of this equate, does any of this sound like, is this any of the same language that Christopher Rufo used on Tucker Carlson? So here is Kimberly Crenshaw. Look, you know what? Here's, here's the thing, Joy. Um, critical race theory is not so much a thing. It's a way of looking at a thing. It's a way of looking at race. It's a way of looking at why after so many decades, centuries, actually, since the emancipation, we have patterns of inequality that are enduring. They are stubborn. And the point of critical race theory originally was to think and talk about how law contributed to the subordinate status of African-Americans, of indigenous people, and of an entire uh, group of people who were, were coming to our shores uh, from, from Asia. Um, and the point was, quite frankly, to understand the problem in order to intervene in it, to understand why the greatest 
uh, uh, hopes for our republic were not being realized, even though these hopes were encoded in law. So critical race theory just inherits the uh, beliefs and the hopes of Frederick Douglass, of, of Martin Luther King, who basically want the law to do for the freed people what the law did for enslavers. So I know that clip was a little long, but I thought it was really important to hear Crenshaw all the way through with what this theory meant and how she thinks of it as the founder of this theory, right? Because there is no better source for information on critical race theory than one of the people who co-founded the theory, right? Like there's no better source. There is no conservative or liberal or anyone out there other than the person that she founded the theory with that is more of an expert on this topic. Did anything she say, she said, sound like anything Rufo said? Anything at all? Did it sound like any of the fear-mongering that he, he was talking about? Does this seem reasonable? And remember, this is an academic theory. This is, like she said, it's a way of looking at things. It's a way for law students to look at the law and say, hey, does this law work favorably for everybody? Right? But she also talked about systemic racism, which I just want to touch on for a second, because the reality of, of the, you know, the rest of this podcast episode in the next is that we're not talking about critical race theory. And I think that was just made clear by Crenshaw's definition. What we are talking about is systemic racism and issues surrounding systemic racism, right? To understand systemic racism, especially as a white person, you have to put in work. There is a level of effort and self-reflection that is required in research that is required in order to understand how these concepts are at play, right? So just basically, society has most often reflected the white majority and its needs in ways that most of us never realize. And you might say, oh, you know, that doesn't sound right. But to put things in perspective, in just America, white settlers came over, they over over a century or so, wiped out the Native American population. They established the colonies. They created the government. Black people were slaves. The only citizens in this country were white people. So the laws, and, and, and remove nefarious intent. Remove it entirely. Don't think about this as, oh, you know, white people are being, being mischievous. R remove that from the equation for just a second and just think, if all, if, if society is all white people, wouldn't the laws that that society passed work primarily for white people? It's just common sense, right? So that's what I mean when it reflects the white majority and its needs, because society was white. So the laws were going to take care of issues that were white issues and, you know, had white foundation, essentially. In my systemic and in, in working through and trying to understand systemic racism, there's a moment where you come to terms with the fact that you as in me or, you know, white person, have been subconsciously perpetuating racism in ways that we didn't know. And that realization immediately causes guilt or maybe even defensiveness, right? So then you need to go through this additional process of understanding that you are not a racist. You're probably not a racist, that this is the nature of the American system that you or I or white people personally are probably not racist, right? Um, I'm going to link an article in the description from Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, actually, that, that has a great description of what systemic racism is. But I want to remove that barrier of, oh, you know, systemic racism and critical race theory say that white people are racist. No, 
The systems are racist. And if we are born into, whether we are white or black or, you know, any person of color or, or you know, gay, straight, we are all born into a system that has a foundation that was built upon a society that was white. And we all inherit whatever that means. And we all, in many ways, perpetuate some of the, um, you know, some of the remaining undertones of the, those, you know, inherently racist laws. That's all this means, right? So check out that Ben and Jerry's article because it, it's simple. It's to the point. It's, it's you know, got Ben and Jerry's fun and it's fun. Um, but they, they, I think it does a good job, honestly. So check that out in the description uh, if you want a little bit more information on that. Beyond Rufo, the other reason that we're hearing about systemic racism is because conservatives are on a mission to make sure that critical race theory is not being taught in schools. Uh, conservatives, President Trump, there's an education debate. So I want to start by saying this, and this is true. There is there is no one out there saying that like this is not true. Critical race theory is not being taught currently anywhere in this country in kindergarten through 12th grade. It is not being taught. Why isn't it being taught? Because it's an academic theory that is taught in law school, which is a graduate school. It's beyond college, right? It's being taught in law school classes sometimes as a specialty course. So no, critical race theory is not being taught in schools. What may be being taught in schools is, you know, black history in America. And in some ways, depending on your teacher, the quality of your education, or how much information you're getting, you may be able to infer that systemic racism is a thing just by reading the history. That's a thing that can happen. But is CRT being taught? Is systemic racism being taught? No, it's not. And especially CRT. Here's Crenshaw once again on whether or not her theory is being taught in public schools. I know it's a dumb question, but uh, is there a K through 12 curriculum on critical race theory that's being taught in schools around this country? Well, look, Joy, if it was news to most Americans that critical race theory was in K through 12, it was news to me, too. I'm one of the co-authors of one of the few books on critical race theory. I think I would know if we were being taught in K through 12. I mean, basically critical race theory, classic critical race theory is a law school course. And it's really, you know, not taught as widely as I would hope it would. Critical race theory is taught in law school. In her opinion, it's not even being taught as much as it should be being taught. Wow. Amazing. We literally have a national conservative movement to remove something from our kids' education that isn't there. They can mobilize to solve a problem that doesn't exist in ways that are unbelievable. Imagine what we could get done if they focused on infrastructure or healthcare. Man, like if they can, if they can put so much energy into like reforming education in such a way that like a theory that's not being taught won't be taught, like the, the potential of America is great, right? If they really put their mind to it. Or, or maybe it's better that they don't, you know, who knows? Um, so, so there you have it. It's not being taught in schools. But, but where did this, you know, where did the inflammation come from? In the interview with Rufo, Rufo called upon President Trump to pass an executive order that would ban diversity training and CRT training from all government entities. And, and, and Trump did. He wrote an executive order that banned the diversity training from, you know, the federal government. And then he said some things, as he does. He called critical race theory divisive anti-American propaganda. He said, students in our universities are inundated with critical race theory. This is a marked 
Marxist doctrine holding that America is a wicked and racist nation, that even young children are complicit in oppression, and that our entire society must be radically transformed. And again, the language, right? There's a striking similarity. Inundated. Marxist. Doctrine. Wicked. Complicit in oppression. Radically. The language is very much the same. And this is on purpose. This is done because this is how the GOP playbook works. This is the way that the GOP communicates with their constituency, with this inflammatory rhetoric, also baseless rhetoric. Uh, A a Republican state senator from Tennessee said, critical race theory is being forced into our children's schools, is being imposed into workplace trainings, and is being deployed to rip apart friends, neighbors, and families. First of all, if a relationship is ripped apart, it's because of a difference in core values or perception of the world or the value of people, not because critical race theory instructs people to hate each other. If, if, if critical race theory causes a, a, a divide in your friendship with somebody else, that's because you have foundational differences with that person. You know, don't, don't, put, don't put the blame on the theory. Put the blame on the people in the relationship, right? Like, come on. So, no, it, it doesn't rip people apart. It, it, it doesn't cause, you know, divide. It doesn't. That's on the people listening to the theory. Period. Nor does CRT teach that democracy is a lie or that the rule of law does not exist. CRT, or systemic racism, simply challenges the systems that comprise our democracy and our laws. It challenges them. It says, hey guys, what's going on? If anything, critical race theory is advocating for a more democratic system, one in which the voices and concerns of minorities are more easily heard, understood, and acted upon. Once again, Take it from the source that what Donald Trump and company and Christopher Rufo are talking about is not critical race theory. Here's the deal. This is not about whether anything called critical race theory is NK through 12. What they're calling critical race theory doesn't exist anyway. It is a backlash effort to reverse the racial reckoning unlike any we've seen in our lifetime. And as you pointed out at the beginning, they can't say, you know, we're for racism. They can't say Derek Chauvin should have killed George Floyd with his hand in his pocket, looking like he was completely uh, without a care in the world. They couldn't say that. So they 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 looked around and found a, a strange sounding theory that they could put all of the grievances and uh, resentments in and mobilize people around this boogeyman. So again, she is the creator of uh, critical race theory. She created it. This is not critical race theory. The term critical race theory is being hijacked by conservatives as a way to inflame, to, to provoke, to uh, upset their constituency. It's, it's an umbrella term that will be used for all things civil rights that conservatives disagree with, which is most, right? So she's the founder of the theory. So if you're listening to this and you have an issue with critical race theory and you believe in the way that Tucker Carlson and Christopher Rufo are talking about it, please understand that she created the theory. You have no one better that you can trust than her for the definition. The version that you're getting from Fox News is the bastardized, manipulated, twisted, you know, sewn together like Frankenstein version of something that might be, you know, the third cousin removed of critical race theory. And that's it. So on education, in the mainstream, critical race theory is being conflated with systemic racism. And while they're complementary topics, they're not historically the same, right? So like 
critical race theory, it's like, hey, let's analyze laws and see how, you know, what impact they may or may not have in relation to, um, into racism and how, you know, do, do these laws, uh, oppress or disadvantage people, right? Systemic racism is more like the socially applicable byproduct of the CRT theory it arose from. So what conservatives are really arguing is that the concept of systemic racism should not be taught in schools. Now, I want to just my own experience. I'm routinely shocked about how little I learned in school. We didn't learn about Tulsa. We didn't learn about Black Wall Street. We didn't learn about what Rosewood. We didn't learn that an entire block in Philadelphia was bombed by police in the 80s. We never learned about Juneteenth. We have a national holiday that we never learned about in in grade school, you know, 20 years ago. We learned about World War II. We learned about Nazis and propaganda. We spent a lot of time learning about how Nazi propaganda worked. We were able to learn about the travesties committed by other nations, but in many, many ways, not our own. We, we learned about slavery. We learned about the Underground Railroad. Uh, we learned about a little bit of Jim Crow, a little. We learned a little bit about the civil rights movement, but that's it. That's all we got. We, we got a very innocent looking picture of America in grade school. So what's being called for now by conservatives is the omission of systemic racism in school curriculum. But we already teach so little in our schools. Why would we want to omit yet another part of America's ugly history from our education when we already leave so much out? It's already whitewashed. You know, many Americans don't believe systemic racism is real. They don't believe that black Americans or other minorities are disadvantaged by our systems of laws, despite overwhelming empirical evidence. And (laughs) think about this with me, right? Right? Oh, so somebody says systemic racism doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Okay. Here are some things America has done in the past, not saying that they're still doing it today, but has done in the past that demonstrate how the government literally passed laws or worked, you know, in a racist manner. One, we practiced slavery for literally hundreds of years. We did that. The country, America did that. America, in the Constitution, only counted black slaves as three-fifths of a person in the original Constitution. Three-fifths. Hey, they're not even they're not even a whole person. Half of American citizens put their lives on the line to try to ensure that black people would remain enslaved. Americans raised the most prosperous black community in America to the ground with Black Wall Street. America our government passed Jim Crow laws. We had the KKK marching through the streets openly, uninhibited. As Americans, as, as America, we endorsed and practiced complete segregation. We gave the latest and greatest school resources to, to white schools and gave worn, dated, used materials to black schools. We passed criminal justice laws and drug policies that had that literally targeted black people and communities and established a prison industrial complex. And that was not that long ago. That was Reagan. Like we, we've routinely turned the other way. America law enforcement, when black people were gunned down or held down or, or, or choked by police and killed. And we just had a president just who could not bring himself to genuinely or authentically denounce racism during multiple national broadcasts. This is literally Aspects of our government participating blatantly and obviously in racism. We don't maybe have a systemic racism problem. We have an openly, blatantly, glaringly, and unabashedly 
system that has gone out of its way to make sure that racism is embedded into our systems of government, historically, recently, and repeatedly. The argument that systemic racism should not be taught because it doesn't exist is absurd. Even though we've moved beyond, theoretically, most of the points I just detailed, the spirit of those laws still exists within all of the sub-laws and sub-policies and guidelines that, that, that supported those systems. They didn't start from scratch. No one hit the reset button, right? They made changes, but they weren't, they weren't wholesale changes. So we're still left with the vestiges of those laws. And it's obvious, right? Like at some point, like, like no one, no American can look at American history and say, oh yeah, you know, America as a nation was never racist at any point, you know, as a government. Like you can't. That is an argument that literally does not exist. And it certainly isn't an argument that will win, right? So can someone point out at which point we stopped being a racist nation? Like at what point, which day, which time, what second did American government stop being a racist government? When did our laws start being all, you know, all encompassing and putting everyone on an even playing field? Point that out. When was it? Because it wasn't civil rights. It wasn't the removal of Jim Crow laws. You, you know, where was it? Sorry, I'm on a tangent. Anyway, the argument that systemic racism shouldn't be taught is absurd. Uh, and yet here's Ryan DeSantis, the governor of Florida, mischaracterizing, once again, critical race theory and calling for its ban from Florida curriculum. Here's a clip. And I don't know if some of you guys have seen this critical race theory. It's basically teaching kids to hate our country and to hate each other based on race. It puts race as the most important thing. I want content of character to be the most important thing. Gaslighting 101, right? We know the definition of critical race theory. We know the tenets of critical race theory. We've heard multiple times from the person who wrote critical race theory. Nowhere in critical race theory does it teach children to hate each other. Nowhere in critical race theory does it make us feel bad about being America or anything like that. None of it. Those are all fringe concepts that are being thrown under the umbrella of critical race theory as a term to disparage the civil rights movement now as a whole. It doesn't teach that. It doesn't teach that race is the primary focus. It teaches that race is a social construct, and that social construct may come through in our laws. It has nothing to do with how we like identify ourselves. It's how the system identifies us, or what role we play within the system. This is the same reflexive reaction that we see from other white Americans when they A, don't actually understand the theories being discussed, B, are subscribing to a version of these theories that have been bastardized and sewn up like Frankenstein by conservative media and political action committees, and because of that subscription, they are projecting the concepts of hate will emerge because just the thought of considering for a second that social racism and critical race theory are real, makes them feel attacked and mislabeled, which is a painful reality that racial minorities in America have dealt with and overcome time and time again, but that DeSantis and company can't handle for two seconds. If we don't teach the past to our kids, the real past, not the whitewashed version, not the PG Disney version, how are students going to internalize the lessons already learned from their predecessors if it's not passed down to them in their education? 
if they remain unaware of the fact that there is recent and historical evidence that laws and policies of our nation have been essential in perpetuating and reinforcing racism, how are they going to help break that cycle? If you don't acknowledge a problem, you can't solve the problem. In the real world, where systemic racism continually causes damage and pain for minorities, to omit these concepts from our curriculums would be, in and of itself, indoctrination and propaganda. It's propaganda by omission. A curriculum like that is going to ignore larger issues of race and paint this warm, fuzzy, entirely fictional portrait of America that our children are going to grow up in and participate in. It's the equivalent of making excuses for a partner's alcohol or drug use for the sake of protecting them or their reputations. the, The behavior ignores or minimizes reality while enabling the continuation of bad behavior. In this case, systemic racism is the reality. And systemic racism is the bad habit. We will continue to enable and ignore it if we don't address it, certainly within our high schools and colleges, but also within society at large, right? Because it takes public opinion and unity to change insidious, widespread issues like racism, okay? Conservative critics of CRT and systemic racism who don't want these concepts taught to students do not see or do not want to see a problem. And if they don't see or acknowledge a problem, they aren't going to have any interest in fixing it. Okay? So just to recap our episode and to repose some of the questions and repoint out some of the things we've gone over, critical race theory is an academic theory. It teaches that race is a bio, is a is a construct. It is not biological, but a construct created by society that those constructs may have influence in our laws and that those laws may perpetuate or, or, or create new forms of racism that disadvantage black Americans and people of color in America. Done. That's the definition. And we have some, you know, colorful language as in uh, more descriptive language from the actual creator of critical race theory here in the podcast. And then we see blatantly the conservative, you can see the game. You can see the strategy playing out. You can see the twisting and the manipulation going on. Christopher Rufo is very aware of the word choices he's using. He did another uh, interview uh, with Joy Reid, actually, in which like, he, he remarked on the importance of wording. He remarked on the importance of uh, you know, the different effects of words. And so he knows. He's very smart about what he's doing. And that's why you hear the conservative right using similar language almost universally. universally. Mike Pence, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, on Tucker Carlson, Christopher Rufa, Marjorie Taylor Greene. It doesn't matter which end of the spectrum. They're all using the same rhetoric and they're doing it to stop a civil rights movement and to undermine concepts that historically have been generally accurate, but also have no real application to the way that they're using it. You can see the manipulation. It's evident. It's more than evident. It's translucent, right? Like, they're not hiding it. He, he put that tweet out that, like, it confirmed that there is a plan in which to hijack the definition of critical race theory and turn it into something that it's not to make it toxic so that conservatives have a talking point that will provoke their constituency to the polls in 2022 and beyond, okay? And who's going to pay for that, right? Because of a political game, 
because of a cultural or political uh, hesitancy or unwillingness to make the country a better place for black people by acknowledging some of these systems do not work for them. Some of them actively disadvantage them, actively target them. An entire half of this country would rather use critical race theory as a talking point to get voters to the polls than actually help black Americans to solve the issues of racism in this country. They are simultaneously keep maintaining the status quo, denying that there's any problem, but then using that very issue to get their voters out to the poll. If they didn't think it existed, if they didn't think it was a problem, if they didn't think that it was somehow dangerous, why would they be wasting so much time on it? Why would they be wasting so much time rebranding language that they found in a law, you know, a a law school curriculum? (laughs) Why would they be putting in that level of effort in order to mischaracterize the civil rights movement that's going on today and to try to dismiss concepts of systemic racism? People don't waste time on things if they don't matter. They have gone so far as to have a political movement to remove a theory from our kids' schools that is not being taught in schools. Motive matters, and it's evident and it's clear, and we can't let it go. We need to call it out at every single point because it's Americans who are going to suffer. It's Americans suffering at the hands of these political games, and unfortunately, there's enough Americans who subscribe to this type of propaganda, who believe in this messaging, that they are inhindering, inhibiting the progress that we could be making as a country on these fronts. They are literally holding back progress on the front of race. They are keeping us decades behind where we could be. And that's why we need to call it out. So I'm going to stop there. That is our episode, Critical Race Theory number one. The next episode is going to deal more with more with the education, but also with kind of the psychology that goes into this kind of thinking and, and, and how it happens and what opens the door for this type of thinking to happen and, and what we can do to solve that issue. Because ultimately, this is racism is, is an issue that Americans largely want to solve. And if we're going to do it, we need public support. And if we need public support, we need people, conservatives or moderates, who currently subscribe to the bullshit that Republicans are putting out with this this rhetoric, we need them to understand why these things are problems, Make paint this issue in a human way that very clearly demonstrates this is the cost in human lives, this is the cost of human in, in human experience, just to make them realize that, hey, we just want to make the world a better place for everyone. That's it. Will you come to our side and help us make the world a better place for everyone? Will you recognize, if you're white, that you've had some benefit, whether you've known it or not, and those advantages, whether you've been able to utilize them or not, exist? And if you have an advantage, someone is disadvantaged, and the disadvantage has been on black people and people of color in this country, and all we want to do is make America a better place for those American citizens because they deserve it as much as we do, okay? So that is getting real on critical race, uh, <laughs> getting real on critical race theory, part one of the podcast. Please come back next week for part two. Uh, please leave comments. Um, 
uh, you know, I'd like to actively ga- engage in discussion on this. If you go read the articles, comment on the articles, I will have discussions with you there. I think I may do a live stream on this topic as well in the coming week or, or two weeks uh, so that we can have that discussion there. But I want to have these discussions. I want to talk to people on the other side. I want to know if when they look at what I've laid out here from literally the sources of critical race theory versus people who are using those that, that theory in a very weird, manipulative way, do they see it? Do they understand it? Do they understand the damage that it's doing? Do they understand that they're they're putting faith in misinformation, right? Or not? And why? I, I'd like to know that. Um, and, and, and conversely, are there liberals and progressives who also disagree with that the systemic racism, racism exists? Or am I not going far enough in my explanations? Could I be doing better? Um, are there things that I could be bringing up, things I could be looking into? Um, let, let me know about all those things too, because I want to, you know, give the best information that I can. So that's episode number one. Thank you guys so much for listening to the New Deal podcast. Go check out the newdeal.com for the blog and everything else, YouTube. Uh, I will talk to you guys very shortly. Thanks for stopping.